Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Lacey, here with Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. What's up, my friends? How are we today? We are good. How are you? I'm in a great mood today. I'm sure that's going to plummet real quick, but I'm in a great mood right now. (laughs) What's everybody watching? You know how I'd be. I'd be watching the Olympics. Oh, back on. That's right. I'm digging it. It's the one month uh, every couple of years where I feel proud to be an American. Um, Amer, I can. Actually, you know what? It's not even, it's not even, I'm not even proud to be an American. I'm proud of my fellow Americans. And I I want that distinction to be made because I still hate this country, but God damn it. I love the athletes in it. Somebody grab him. Somebody, I somebody know, get him. Joshua, you're starting off. Starting I also off. want to apologize to the listeners because I'm back at work using my voice a lot. So they're going to get this little sultry rasp because I haven't kind of into uh, it. Warming up my voice properly. So lucky Rashawn gets to hear this twice once now, once in the editing. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky you, Rashawn. <laughs> the Olympics introduced a new event. 3v3 basketball so it's like mm. kind of like street basketball oh, and the sure. usa women's team in the first day beat the number one seed they won both their games it's fucking awesome the olympics are a good time there i said it i enjoy the olympics ice skating is a part of the olympics right the in the winter yeah it's uh oh, it's the okay. summer <laughs> forget it, it, is, it is catch me in the winter do you, do you really only watch ice skating of all the olympic events i don't really watch the olympics if it's on i'm like oh wow but i don't really watch it i'll watch gymnastics watching that i'm like i could never in a million years do this so it's just like i'm in awe watching it you should you know what i've always wanted a 30 year old man or woman that works in accounting do the events and like superimpose that like in the eighth lane of the track during the 200 meter dash or whatever <laughs> because when you're watching six world-class athletes all do it it doesn't look impressive so i want to see one yeah, regular joe like... do it next to them to see just how impressive it is you know <laughs> yeah because I mean? we're sitting at home scratching our ass eating fucking white cheddar puffs and these terrible form doing them yeah we're like what the fuck she missed it it the- how they miss their triple axle spin, half backflip, and you're like, terrible God form. What it. the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, Rashawn, Mella, what are you watching? <laughs> I watched uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I talked about this. It's a movie on Netflix about female assassins. It's a mother-daughter story. It has Angela Bassett. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> you liked it then? You were happy? I was very happy with it. it. It's, um, I don't know, like you might plot wise, I'm sure we could, I would never bring it to the pod because it could probably get ripped to shreds. I don't know. Um, but when it sings, when it's just the women on screen, 
with hammers and guns and knives kind of going at literally a bunch of men just taking them out it's the best thing ever so michelle yao is in it she's dynamite uh lena hetty karen gilliam is the lead it's just great it's great i would i recommend it you guys i haven't watched anything new from last week i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> you be on your you be on your rerun shit be on my rerun shit. I just come home and fucking veg out. And that's then, okay. What are you gonna do? You know. But when I do watch something, I, I will, you will be the first to know. <laughs> I mean, Lacey, we're still go- we're still plowing through New Girl too. Yeah, that's been our comfort show the past couple weeks. That's a perfect comfort show. We're mm-hmm. halfway through season two now. It's six seasons. Whoa. <laughs> I think it's six full seasons, <laughs> and I think the seventh season is like. Eight or nine episodes, like a wrap-up yes. season. It came out like a year and a half later. I always appreciate that when they give shows even like a half order just to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're doing that with Brooklyn Nine-Nine this year. I don't know what episode you're on, so I don't want to say much, but there's a run of like five or six episodes that are like, that's when everyone was like, oh, new girl. Jess just got her new job as an adult teacher, and we just met her parents on Thanksgiving with Jamie Lee Curtis. You're well on your way. i will say no more all right y'all let's get into today today is special and um what are we fighting about Lacey, noah i watched amelie i'm so do you know what these people have in common this is amelie With the discovery of a simple childhood treasure, she begins a quest to fix other people's lives. And perhaps her own as well. Amelie is a 2001 French romantic fantastical movie written by Jean-Pierre Genet, Gilles Laurent, Directed by Jean-Pierre Genet, and it is starring Audrey Tautou, Matthew Kasovitz, and Serge Merlan. Amelie is the story of a young girl who, due to a misdiagnosed heart defect, grows up with little to no interaction with other people, leading Amelie to resort to her own fantastical world where she dreams of love and beauty. As a young woman living in Paris, her life changes the day she finds a lost treasure belonging to a previous occupant from her apartment. After returning the treasure to its owner, Amelie decides to devote her life to changing the lives of the people around her. Y'all, if you put all the ingredients for a lacy movie on the table, it would all combine to make a delicious windmill cake that is Amelie. I'm pretty sure this is the first foreign film I ever saw. Um, I know this is the first movie that I ever watched with subtitles, and I was absolutely blown away. I have loved this movie for well over 15 years. Everything about it from the performances by Audrey Tautou and Matthew Kasovitz. The entire ensemble of actors are just brilliant. It's really whimsical. It's exaggerated in the best ways. And it's a story about finding yourself and building the community around you. And it's just sweet. 
and lovely and it means a lot to me and I'm really nervous <laughs> about all of your opinions <laughs> but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not. I can't even look at all of you because I'm so nervous but here I am. I'm ready. Let's go. Who wants to start? I'll start. I would like to open with some sage words from uh, one of the prophets of our time. Oh. Uh, childish Gambino from his seminal work, My Shine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If the congregation would bow their heads. Stop. Uh, <laughs> steady moving. Don't worry about where I'm going to be because I'm going to be on these tracks like indie girls on Amelie. Hey. That's me. That's this- me. <laughs> What's that? This is painful. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a very sound movie. I think this is a good movie at its bones. I mean, it was nominated for like five Oscars. And I do like this movie. There are things that I think that I would change or leave out. That being said, ultimately, I like this movie. And whether or not I like this movie because it's a movie that I would like, or it's, like you said, got so much the essence of Lacey is in this movie. And uh, the essence of Lacey is something I married. So that's just (laughs) something that, that I'm attracted to, like from an artistic standpoint. We'll see. But ultimately, I would give this movie a thumbs up. I think it's delightful. I think it's very sweet and very positive, And I like it. Okay. I'll take that. Thank you. Lace. Nala. Um, this is not my cup of mold wine. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> but... Damn, is it a Lacey movie? God damn it. Wow. (laughs) Shot for shot, just everything. And there's something to be said about that. I'm on Josh's wavelength because I'm like, I don't hate this movie. I just don't like it. Like, I I wouldn't put it on for, oh, you know what I miss watching? Amelie. Like, I like (laughs) it for what it is, and I love that you love it. But nothing about this makes me want to watch it again. I just feel <laughs> it is so fucking positive to the point where I'm like, why is everyone so happy? <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's horrible. And me being a pessimist, I there's not a lot of movies like this that where it's just like completely delightful and lovely and whimsical to the point where it's happy the whole time. Like you're waiting for the other fucking shoe to drop. Is that the saying? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it never really does. I don't know. Something about that makes me feel like a piece of the movie is missing. Mm. Well, Um, you're wrong, but okay. Okay. (laughs) I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate your opinion. Some people like to walk barefoot. They don't need the shoe to drop. That's true. All these people in this movie, I feel like, love to walk barefoot in daffodils. (laughs) Me too. Let's go Love right it. now. Let's just stop. Uh, all right. I mean, I had a feeling. I had a feeling, but I that's still a pretty positive review considering you didn't love it. So I'll take it. <laughs> Rashawn. Rashawn <laughs> You've been so quiet so far and that just, just I'm go. I'm a quiet guy. I'm a quiet guy, you know? When you want to be. Exactly. So I. this is my second time watching it and... You know, I I like whimsy. I like positivity. <laughs> I like Emma, which by extension, I, I love Clueless, which I think this evokes. You probably know this. I'm a huge fan. I adore Pushing Daisies, which was 
directly influenced by this. Mm-hmm. I do not like Amelie. Oh. And by that, I mean <laughs> I don't like Amelie the character. Oh. I know. What? I know, I know, I know. The movie, I think, is delightfully pleasant. I, I really dig the first 30 minutes or so and the setup and, and introducing all the characters and they like this and they like this and it's so sweet. It's really sweet. And then I just don't want to go on this journey with this character. I don't care for Amelie. How do you not care for her? What do you mean? What is missing you heartless? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty heartless. <laughs> I'm pretty heartless. Um, Alexa, play Heartless by Kanye West. <laughs> quit it. <laughs> I think a lot of the things that she does in this movie, I just can't get behind. And I don't care how she has the most luminous eyes and a great smile. But I think a lot of the the things that she does to other people in this movie, I'm just like, no, mama, mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Like even the positive stuff? She only does even, one thing that's like questionably like mm, mind your business. Even, but even some of the positive stuff, the cat and mouse game, I don't really love. She grew up without hardly any human interaction. She doesn't really know how to do this. No, I'm I'm not saying that there's a fault in that character design. I'm saying I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the maybe the thing she should have minded her business? The one not positive thing she does is to Collignon, the the grocer outside of the two windmills. Um, I was about it. He's a bully. As punishment. It's not as like trying to mend or fix the life of somebody. It's it's truly just like to fuck with this asshole. So well, he was a dick. So. He, and he fully deserved it. Well, I will fully say ninety percent. Ninety percent of the stuff she did. Yes, he deserved, he deserved it. The foot cream—that's funny. The doorknob—that's funny. The pin in that light wire—it could have set the building on fire. So that's but it maybe. Didn't. It didn't. It was just a little spark to scare him. I don't care about the degrees of with which she fucked with him. I just care that she's fucking with him, as opposed to going out of her way to maybe reach out to Lucian or do something for Lucian. She goes for the person that's bullying him. I don't know. I That doesn't make a break of the movie for me. I just was like, okay, we're just going to keep gaslighting the fuck out of this dude in his apartment, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I don't necessarily like her. I don't like her. Uh, that I just don't understand, though. What is not to like? <laughs> what makes you not like her? Because maybe I could feel the same way. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's not that I, I don't... Oh. I don't, I can't sit here and say I don't like her because she's, she's cute. Like she's cute to watch. But I think, which is maybe the point, the lack of almost personality. She seems like I'm watching a Muppet the whole time that can't really speak. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And you love it. You know what I mean? Like we, we love to see it, but then there's like a disconnect. Which is truly her character. She's disconnected from the from the world essentially and from people. She's around people. She's in France. Like she's around a bunch of people, but she doesn't have that like there's no friends that she really talks to. Like she just met this guy, you know? 
And so it's hard to relate, I guess. It explains early on, and you see snippets throughout the movie, that she sort of does live in her own world. Mm -hmm. She's always got this vivid imagination where, like, the lamp is turning itself off for her instead of her turning the, the lamp off. She's She was isolated so much in her developmental years that she lives her own separate world, which means social interactions with her are difficult, if not impossible. And this is the story of someone who lives in that world trying to find companionship and love and, and how difficult that is for her. I mean, that's not the whole story, but that's something that's we're watching. Chunk. And yeah. we do see, I mean, you don't see it in great detail, but there are people that like she does have a friendship with and that she does have a relationship with with the women that she works with at the two windmills, Madame Suzanne, Gina, and Georgette. Whether or not they're close, Gina goes out of her way to kind of interview Nino ahead of time before putting them together because she says, I care about Amelie and I want to make sure you're a mm -hmm. good person. Speaking of the two windmills, and this is a good thing. This is not a dig on the character or the actor. The guy that plays Joseph, the jilted ex-lover. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a more punchable character. Dude, he looks like a fish. <laughs> his face and the way he acts and like the way he turns on and off his tape recorder and sets it down and drinks it. Dude, I want, dude. And this is a testament to the actor, but he's, yeah. I, ooh. <laughs> And that's a character that doesn't really get redeemed at the end. He's fighting nope. with Georgette the last time we leave off with them and being a, an, a, an asshole. Also, something in the movie that you see is that everyone who deserves it gets something that they want. I mean, well, I guess maybe not Georgette. Or no, is it Georgette or? Yeah, Georgette the blonde, the hypochondriac. Well, we, Georgette is the hypochondriac. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe not. I mean, she got, she got some dick. Well, not Gina, I mean. <laughs> Maybe maybe not Gina, the other waitress, because she, she is a very good person and doesn't really... Lucian even gets... You see his friendship blossom, the, the, the landlady, Madeline. She gets her letters. Mm. So you see a lot of people get a happy ending, or at least a fraction of it, except for the people who maybe in Amelie's world absolutely don't deserve it. That grocer doesn't. Grocer does not deserve shit. He's a, he's a bad guy. I feel like he's the closest thing we have to a villain in this mm -hmm. whole movie. He and Joseph. But that's, I feel that's because they purposely don't flesh him out, which I think I wish they had a little bit because everyone else gets moments away from Amelie and we get to see another side to them. But he just stays as this guy who is in her vision. From her perspective, he's evil, and he deserves to be punished. Rashawn, so that's yes. <laughs> you are the person who said sometimes we just want a bad guy to be a bad guy. We don't need justification. We don't need it to be flushed out. We just need them to be bad. But he's not a bad guy in the sense that he's not directly related or in collision with Amelie. You know what I mean? She inserts herself into something deliberately and starts to punish him for something that doesn't affect her. Colignon, she cares about Lucian. And Lucian clearly cannot defend himself. Aw. I say this about the villain. I mean, it sounds like me, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was a couple eps ago. I do I like. Wrong? I do like a... 
you know. I do like a good villain. No, you're right. I do like a good villain, but I don't think he qualifies. I just think. No, I do. I don't know. I just don't like her. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I, I don't like. I feel like you're saying you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> you are not Amelie. What are you talking about? Oh, I more ways than you know. There's a, It's like Mel said. They the movie keeps her at a distance from mm-hmm. us. And yes, we get a huge backstory. Yes, we get a reason for her self isolation. We get a reason why she's can't really function around other people but i still don't ever feel like i get to know her right because you could say almost the same thing for matilda if i'm going to compare it to another movie like Uh-oh. she had a fucked up childhood and she continues to have a fucked up childhood till literally damn near the end of the movie but matilda fucking goes like i love that little bitch you know what i mean so there's like you 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 feel like what you I'm taking this from y'all. I feel like a vessel. She's a vessel to the audience. And I feel like Amelie doesn't have that. I don't really know exactly. A vessel. I'm not telekinetic. Lacey and Rashawn said it, and I like the way it sounded, so I'm using it. <laughs> but yeah, you don't feel like there's like there's something, just like one little thing, and I wish I could put my finger on it, that I wish Amelie had, where you're like, okay, she's us. Like, I feel connected to her. I I don't know. I'm. This is just me, but I feel like we do get that in the times that she breaks the fourth wall and speaks directly to us, connects directly with us, especially in that beginning introduction. It's it's her. Okay, I know you're here. Come along on this with me. And yeah. I buy. I think Audrey Tautou does an incredible job at, at balancing someone who is so reserved and nervous and fearful, but so wanting. Mm-hmm. to move past that and do more and i i don't know i just i see it i see it throughout the whole movie i feel like we go on this journey with her because she invites us on it from the beginning whether you know we don't get many like side glances after that first 30 minutes it's not flea bag but that beginning introduction has allowed us into her world and now it's like okay now watch how i become who i really want to be you know what it is to go back, sorry, to Clueless, which I I love a lot. There's a disconnect with Cher, but I think the really smart thing that they do is they let her narrate the movie. And she has a lot of observations about the people that she's inserting herself into. And she's she does a matchmaker thing that Amelie does, and she hooks up two of her teachers but her observations as the movie goes on, sometimes they're correct and sometimes they're wrong. But it tells us so much more about how she sees everyone and how she sees the world. And but that's I, what the we, narrator does. The narrator is an omnipotent. But he's gone after she finds the box. We don't hear him anymore, you know? Yeah, I think it would be really cute if it was her. The narrator just gives us the story beats. Mm-hmm. And then he introduces the character says a few quirks about them and then that's it and then when she after the princess die news happens and she finds the little box he's kind of gone and then we're kind of because we're on the journey now we're with her we don't need a handhold and well i don't need a handhold anymore i don't get on a handhold don't be putting words in my mouth Mm. i would i would like a handhold please (laughs) (laughs) what if the narrator is actually Dodi al-fayed and the reason it stops right there is because he died with princess diana 
God damn. What, Josh? No, because he comes oh, back what? at the end. The no. Just, I don't know. I'm just spin. Uh, we're just no, spitballing. We're here. not. No. Just, mm-hmm. I don't think we're spitballing. No. <laughs> Wait. I had a question. He just had to throw in nonsense. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the thin man. The, the glass man. The glass, glass man Mr. from SpongeBob. I was born with paper skin and. Stop. <laughs> In the hero's journey, that's her mentor. That he he convinces her to let down her inhibitions and finally go for Nino. He convinces her. He kind of is always the one to push her into the next step of of socialization, and it seems to be through his paintings more than anything else. He's showing her that, at least how I took it, he understands how she feels and. Uh, or maybe she thinks he understands how she feels because of the way he's described this specific girl in this painting that he's been painting for 20 years. I don't know. What do you think, Lacey? I, I think he uses the the woman in the painting as a way for Amelie to open up and connect. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's for him. I think it's for her because in any of those scenes, he's asking her what she's thinking, what she's feeling. Mm, yeah. Did, was your question how they connect? How did no, they, just, how they connected? I wanted to know other people's opinions because I think he's the most pivotal part of Amelie's sort of transition from uh, her own little world into stepping into other people's worlds. This is very sad and kind of morbid, but I think the parallels between how they both observe and how they both lead their independent lives. Amelie sees the glass man as isolated and alone as he can be and sees that future for herself. And I think ultimately she doesn't want to be alone. She, she doesn't want to be isolated and it's, it's a mixture of observing him and a mixture of his video that he records for her telling her that like if you miss this chance you're gonna end up you know with a heart as as fragile and as glass as my bones and you know that's the final push that she needs i agree with you and i think it's very interesting that in early on from amelie's perspective and from the narrator we're led to believe that the glass man is this sort of like recluse like stoop man's afraid to leave his stoop he's dark and he's insular and no one talks to him and then as the movie goes on and Amelie starts to sort of open up to the world and we start to see the perspectives of other characters we learn that the glass man isn't like Lucian comes over all the time and he teaches Lucian how to paint and Mm -hmm. they have little inside bits and he's been visiting for a long time because they have their colignon chants Mm -hmm. and and it, he is not as lonely and or as isolated as maybe Amelie Perceives. projected. Yeah, perceived or projected onto him. Mm-hmm. I also thought maybe too that she connects with him because as a little girl, she always wanted to connect with her dad and she never mm-hmm. got that. Mm-hmm. And so when she, everything you all said, plus the fact of like, oh my God, there's this older gentleman and he's talking to me. And it's not like a an adult talking to a kid. It's just, we're just two adults talking. And I feel like she's soaking all of that up because she didn't get that in her childhood. I also think, Mela, you're totally, I never like really perceived it that way, but I think you're absolutely right in that like 
that's the mentorship that she always wanted with her father and has tried to have with her father and has mm-hmm. never been able to have. She, the the glass man, his name is uh, Dufayel. He provides that for yeah. her. He's the one that's kind of taking her under his wing and protecting her and leading her towards a better, brighter future. Mm-hmm. I love that. They're also both fucking nosy. <laughs> oh my god, Sean. He's not Lacey, he's not wrong. They both separately own a pair of binoculars to spy on people. It's a oh, he can't leave his house, you guys. What else is he supposed to do all day? Mind right. his business. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like look the only house he's looking into is Amelie to like check on her. And when it gets intimate at the end with her and Nino and Lucian's filming it, he's like, hey. Knock it off. The first creation of OnlyFans right here. Before. <laughs> Stop it. Started in France. No. No, I'm 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 joshing you. I, I nice. I <laughs> I do think that they are kindred spirits. And I do think that's about as close as I get me personally get to understanding her like interior life a little bit. Because that's when when she's looking at the paintings and when she's talking to him, it kind of reflects back on her. And I really like that. I just wish she would stop meddling all around and chasing homeboy around, around Paris. Are you kidding? Girl, just tell him you like him. I know. She... I just, no, I, I really like the final moment. I really like the final moment when she opens the door and he's there. That's and so the sweet. the kisses are so sweet. Just, it's the, the getting there. I don't know. It, it doesn't, doesn't work for me. I, I almost why. wanted to come sooner. It, this could be like a tight ninety. Yeah, Can we girl. agree on that. You know, that's you know my, how I feel about that. That's my biggest critique. I think this movie could be shorter. I feel it like we could, could be, have, but we'd miss so much. But I feel like we need we again going rule of three, if we will. We can get three little good deeds. Oh, cute! She's starting a new life. She's getting out. She's doing her little good deeds, and then we'll get her with the grocer. Being like, hey, hey, I'm mischievous. Don't fuck with me, even though I'm sweet. And then, boom, let the romance ensue. Because two hours and five minutes of this? Come on. It's sweet and optimistic. I, I think the not, one thing. Not, cannot disagree with you there at all. I, I like yeah. I like all the characters. And I, I like it. It's, it's a good change of pace. But it also adds a lot to the movie. Everything at the two windmills, nothing progresses because of it. In terms of Joseph's story, the ex-lover, mm-hmm. we could she could still work there, and we could still meet the characters. But everything that pertains to Amelie, you can still have the slip the note in a pocket. Okay, I need to meet you to like make sure you're good. Like all of that, you don't need the character of Joseph and that subplot at all. Mm-mm. In the I end, disagree. In the end, it it start it ends where it began. With him being jealous and mean and nothing changed. But I, I think her putting Joseph and Georgette together is the only meddling that I really like. She doesn't really know what love is and what a connection means, but she does it so easily for someone else. And I think for her to do that and then bump into Nino and not really know how to navigate that, I think that's such a great parallel. But it gets lost in all the, I'm going to buy him some small shoes and, and make him brush his teeth. Okay, Rashawn, you keep saying <laughs> meddling, 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 meddling. The only, it's all good things. It's not meddling. 
She's doing nice things for other people. You can still meddle with good intentions. What? Metal does have a derogatory like yeah. connotation to it, but okay. What 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 term would you like me to give it? Because she's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> she's being uh, a she's, little fairy godmother. Interfere. Oh. She's interfering. I think interfere sounds worse than meddling. No. So, so she's interfering with the blind man's life when she scoops him up and narrates the 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 city block in front That's, of them as she walks him to the subway. That's that, interfering and meddling. Yes. I'm leaning in. I'm sorry. It's okay. But uh, yes, it's meddling. But it's a sweet character beat that tells us more about her. But But we don't know anything about her, Rashawn. I said I wanted to know her more. I can't rewind this recording back, but I will. That's my favorite moment in the whole movie. The blind blind man? man? So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. I honestly love the little scavenger hunt. For her to get to the payphone, I think that's so cute, and I feel like so many movies since then have taken little beats of this movie. I can totally see it, but again, take that thirty minutes closer into the movie. Like it just too takes too long to get there, where it almost seems like this movie is never gonna get to the romance part. I know it was gonna happen because I've kind of seen it before, but. I'm almost like, damn, is it, is it, when is it time for the romance? When you least expect it. Girl, the final 10 minutes? What do you mean? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) The romance is throughout the whole movie. This is just from top to bottom. It just doesn't not make your heart swell. It's not just romantic love. she's busy meddling. Oh my God, Rashawn. No, the, the scene when she's writing the menu on the glass, so adorable. So sweet. She's like, oh my God, he gets it. He's going to turn around. He's going to talk to me. And then he turns around and she gets so nervous and she can't speak. It's adorable. Backwards cursive is unmatched, by the way. Seriously. I was like, girl, did you practice <laughs> I, know, I still right? don't know how she did that. So all that is lovely, but it, it's not enough of the movie, I think. There's an air of mischievousness in this movie that I think is intercut with the romance. Those flavors can start to... Uh, cross into each other on the plate and if you're like me and you like to mix your entire thanksgiving plate together then that's fine <laughs> joshua Rashawn and i both gagged <laughs> i do man load it all up and i just like if i could put it in like a what's it called like a blender thing mixer like a mixer if i could take my thanksgiving plate and just put it under like a mixer you want a thanksgiving smoothie bitch no it's still solid <laughs> it's got like corn for the crunch and like some turkey and- a topping corn? Of corn for the crunch. When did corn. I eat corn? Look. Corn at Thanksgiving? He hates <laughs> it was, corn. It was a poop joke. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I Wait, so is mischievous a good term to use, but meddling is not? Mischievous is way less negative connotated than meddling. Okay. Well, I apologize because I didn't, I didn't mean meddling completely negative. I just meant... Meddling is something a 90s cartoon villain did. In Scooby-Doo. I, me- I just meant like, kids. you know, meddling, like stay out of grown folks business. You know, that's how I feel Mischievous sometimes. is something that the Lucky Charms leprechaun is. You know what I mean? No, it's leprechaun, the horror movie. I'm hungry. <laughs> but I think, I think the meddling, as you put it, Rashawn, throughout the film is that parallel that we see between Joseph and Georgette getting together and then Amelie not being able 
to have that same kind of interaction with Nino right away. That's her connection to the rest of the world. She can fix everybody else's problems. She can, she sees it and can think of a solution, but she cannot do that for herself. And that's like, that's the root of her character. That's, that's her journey. Yeah, I know. You just don't I like, like it. No, I do. Because, I, because <laughs> like, again, to go back, share medals in everyone's business. And she can't really focus on her own life. So much so that she doesn't even know she's attracted to her stepbrother. It's weird, but it's cute. And oh. so when she's doing things like, you know, hooking up Miss Geist, it, it's all very meddling. I think it's also meddling. But she's <laughs> there's a naivete to what she's doing. Whereas Amelie's like doing this little to the camera. And I'm like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> You have to take a picture of yourself doing that and upload it to our Instagram yep. so people will know. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the little wig too. <laughs> well, were there any aside from Nino? Were there any meddlings that you thought worked or were necessary to the storytelling? I mean, what do you what did you guys think about the opening, the treasure box? What her finding it, and then her process of. Finding the man mm-hmm. and then giving it. Yeah, time. him crying in the phone booth was great. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I thought you were going to say You didn't look believable when you said that. I know. No, because I was talking about that, but I was thinking about the, the what does she do with the letter for the for her? That's weird, Madeline. Letter. For her neighbor. I don't like that. Why? That is the one that rubs me the wrong way, too. Why? It's just, it's, again, good intentions, horrible execution. <laughs> what do you mean horrible execution madeline uh, is so happy at the end of it but i think that's just lucky because i don't know if i would have been happy because it's like oh i've been grieving this man and he did love me but we lost all this time of him loving like i don't know it's a gamble that pays off for her but when she's attempting and i'm like oh girl i don't know if this is gonna work out for you I never had a doubt. I never had a doubt because Madeline so devoutly loved her husband. And even after he left, she was still grieving the loss of that love and that relationship. Which I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about Madeline. What? (laughs) Listen to me. He left you for someone else and Mm -hmm. then died. Stop being a simp. Let it go. (gasps) Oh my God, Josh, her heart was broken. Man. Whatever. She Heartless. L- he left. He left her for someone else. It's not like he that, was away and died in the war. You called that her a mean simp. She can't hurt. It was forty years ago. Think about that, though. Think about your spouse leaving you for someone else after your entire history together. It's a blind side to you, and then they die without any resolution, without you being able to have any sort of closure. With that Good person. Good riddance. Good riddance. Uh, yeah. Joshua. <laughs> I, what? Are you going to leave me for somebody else and then go die in a car crash? Never. But you need I to guess, have empathy for this woman. No. I guess where Madeline meets a situation like that with sadness, I would meet it with rage. And I think that's where we mix. Not the death part. I think the husband leaving with someone else. She met with sadness where I would meet it with uh, white hot anger. And <laughs> and then those those roads can be parallel, 
that can be almost the same road. But once the car crash happens, that's where anger splits off into uh, finality and sadness splits off into grief. I guess I'm built different. I don't know. I wouldn't care. I did, it never phased. I, I I bought that for her character completely. Yeah. I bought I bought it. I, it's just the uh, yeah again look, like just mind your business. Yeah, I, like I bought it, but again, I'm built different. She so. was trying to bring peace to this person who may have never stopped grieving. She may have clearly never didn't. Forward. I don't think she did. Yeah. Yeah. She was stuck in it. Pick up a hobby, Madeline. I do like what what she did for her father. I thought that was sweet. That was sweet as shit. The gnome, that was cool. It's so but again, sweet. You you busy stealing gnomes and then you dropping books. That's get your priority straight, girl. You wouldn't be. But then it's here. not fantastical, Rashawn. I know. It knows what it is, Rashawn. You say that's the like marker. What I never denied the voice or the energy of this movie. I never said that. You I just do, don't like the main exists. character. <laughs> I, I don't. I, wanna, I don't. I want to take a moment of appreciation of my fellow hosts that I also am a big proponent of a movie needing to know what it is. Liar. But, it, but it's never been weaponized against me like it has Rashawn, and that's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not true, Josh. It's not true. What do you mean? And you have forever hurt my feelings. That's my main reason for hating Charlie's Angels Full Throttle so much, is that it doesn't you feel need, like it's no, true. No, you it's... didn't watch the right movie. This is not about Charlie's This Angels. is not a Charlie's Angels episode. This is an Amelie episode. Okay, well, did... Every episode's a Charlie's Angels episode. Oh, my Pretty God. Pretty much. It always Both just circles that. back to that. At least it's not Bright at Chucky anymore, okay? We've moved on to a different marker. I'm curious... For you for I know we are all pretty something year old people. Did the subtitles slow it for you? Do you think you could have kept up with what was going on? Even if you missed a few lines of subtitles, where does this rank as far as a foreign film? And I don't think it necessarily took away from anything that Amelie is. Um, because I think a lot of Amelie is done in the visuals with Amelie's looks and glances and, and sort of the cinematography of it all. There are parts where I was caught up in the cinematography and I missed the subtitle and I missed some of the dialogue and I kind of, I tripped and I had to jog back to catch up with the pack, so to speak. But I don't think this movie needs to be dubbed over. I think it's fine with Mm -hmm. subtitles. What I was trying to get at is if you are not someone who would normally watch a subtitled film or a foreign film, would this movie be worth trying for those people i think this is very this is just me and then i'll pass to someone else but i think this movie is very first time foreign film friendly come on alliteration (laughs) i think this is a pretty user-friendly foreign film Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i mean you're speaking to me as to someone who doesn't watch foreign films or even if someone's like oh we're gonna watch a movie and it's subtitled i'm like what what (laughs) Rashawn couldn't tell me that Parasite was subtitled until we were in the theater. And then I was like, wait, it's got subtitles the whole time? He's like, yes, girl. Oh my and God. then you looked down and just handcuffed you to the chair. <laughs> yeah, I was in there. But I had a fucking great time. But I did say is like, I feel like because the movie itself is so quick paced, plus the language, I think I had a similar experience to Josh is that I would want to watch the cinematography because it's this is one of those movies where a lot of stuff is happening even in the background and i want to get everything but i'm having to read at the same time so i was like oh fuck wait i just missed it Mm -hmm. and this is the story also really matters too 
especially in that first 15 to 20 minutes where it's like, this is da-da-da, and he does this, and it's so quick. And I'm like, oh, my God, my brain is going to explode, but I'm here. I'm watching you should, it. <laughs> you know what we should do, Mel, me, and you? It, it helps with your eye flick mm-hmm. muscles. You should watch anime with me. No. Ooh. <laughs> Let me get back to no. you on that one. <laughs> my schedule is just really... It's like, like super tired now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, first of all, Lacey, I don't think you should ever hesitate to tell the listeners that I'm 21. Second of all... Um, <laughs> Plus 21. Okay. Okay, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not to sound like a pretentious douchebag, but I watch a decent amount of, of foreign films. <laughs> and, I also <laughs> uh, and I also watch everything with closed caption. So... Mm. I think I'm just better at it. I'm just built that different. Sounds, that just sounds pretentious. <laughs> like better at reading. Send me your emails. No, but it is. It's a, it's a it's something that your brain has to flip into to doing. Yeah, it's yeah. because uh, Mel said that last night, and she was like, "I feel like I'm missing certain scenes," and I was kind of like, again, pretentious. I was like, "What do you mean? This is." Totally fine. (laughs) Um, I do think that French is a much more fast-paced language than, say, if we were watching German or or what have you, Italian. Um, So maybe that might account for the disconnect, but um, I don't know. I I didn't have a a problem. But I also watch literally everything with the subtitles. That's the biggest compliment, if I'm allowed to give a compliment, Lacey. I don't know. Are you? (laughs) <laughs> I think you could watch this movie with the sound off. And I think that's one of the best, the truest test of a, of a good movie is visually you could watch it with no sound and you would get every single character beat in the story. Essentially, so. I feel like that's what we did because our AC is loud as fuck. Paramount <laughs> Plus movies are low as fuck. So I was like, I can't hear anything, but it's I all I don't good. be reading. I don't read, so I, I didn't don't get read. it. Rashawn, read it to me. Rashawn stands up, has wigs for each character. <laughs> Not the Dexter's Lab fresh. Well, I I don't know. I feel like this is very mild, even though two of you didn't love it. I think that's indicative of the movie. The movie is undeniably sweet and mm-hmm. like nice. So even if you don't like the subject matter or the characters, you're like, yeah, but it was it was nice. Yeah. I get, I could I could take that. It's like um unseasoned chicken. Oh like it's no, still chicken. Mella, uh uh-uh. uh. No, no. We're not hey, doing was... bread talk. We're not doing meat talk. <laughs> I, I refuse. It's, if it's unseasoned chicken, I think oh it's I think it's unseasoned chicken with a side of <laughs> dipping sauce. And some people might not like the dipping sauce. Some people do. You know what I mean? No, right? I love the sauce. I didn't like the chicken. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Okay. One more. One more nice thing. If you if you like Amelie, if you are a big fan of Amelie, like you are, Lacey, I would suggest um, a Wong Kar Wai movie called Chunking Express. Um, I think you would find a lot to like about it. There's the charm, the the story, especially the second half of Amelie. I would just recommend that. I I would love to hear what you think about it. All right. Well, last last chance. Air any last grievances? Two things. The mother's death at the beginning is fucking wild. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, 
It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> uh, and two, Amelie would fuck up an escape room, dude. Straight up, she would. Yeah, she would. She would Absolutely. dominate. She would also make a fantastic serial killer. That's all. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. You wouldn't expect it. <laughs> I, no... I do want to say one more thing, too, um, about the music and the score. I will just turn it on on Spotify as I'm cleaning or cooking. I, I think the music in this perfectly matches the the romantic whimsy elements that the movie does and i Mm -hmm. i think it's art at its best yep all right y'all who wants to play a game me i want to play a game all right everyone gird your loins it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile guessing game come on Going back to the beginning this week. There are. In our most recent decade episode, you heard us talk about how this uh, podcast is almost called Recast. So today, we're going to do a little recast of Amelie. I assigned each of you a decade where you're going to recast the three main characters, Amelie, Nino, and the Glass Man, as if it were an English movie. Non-foreign. Non-foreign film. So I gave Rashawn 1990 to 2000. Start us off, Rashawn. Great. Uh, You know how they say the kids understand the assignment? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I only did halfway. (laughs) Oh. Did you just pick one? No, I recast all three roles. Oh. But I kept it as a French film. Oh. That's... Even trickier. Shit. Yeah, what? Okay, well, I guess I do understand the motherfucking assignment. Do, um, did we ever, Lacey, did you ever explicitly say that in your message? I don't think I did. It's my fault. No, I'm no, bad no, at no, games. No, no, no. We all know that. I, I don't sorry. know French people, so I was like, they're going to have to be. <laughs> Who I know. <laughs> probably know more than you think. So uh, I'm going to start with The Glass Man. I chose a French actor by the name of Gerard Depardieu. He Ooh. is. He's in The Man in the Iron Mask. He's also in Life of Pi. Um, but he's a really famous French actor. He's an older gentleman. So I think in the 90s, he would still be elderly. Or they could maybe do a little prosthetics to make him a little a little older. Um, but I think he would be really good as Raymond. For Nino, Jean Dujardin. From The oh, Artist. Hell yeah. Oh. Damn, that's so good. The Artist came out in what, like 20... 10-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah 2011. Um, but he's, yeah, but I think he's still, he was still a pretty famous actor in France. Um, and he's just charming as fuck. He's so good. That's such dude. a good choice. And he's so handsome. And for Amelie, Your least chose... favorite character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, first of all, let me say, I think Audrey Tattoo is, is incredible. And mm-hmm. I think she's really great. Someone who I think looks exactly like her, and I feel like even maybe they were trying to evoke, is uh, Juliette Binoche. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the 90s, she was like at the height of her Binocheness. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she would be my pick for Amelie. Come on, all French. Good job, Rashawn. Thank you. Yeah, that's more impressive than just doing it as English speaking actors. Wee oui, wee, oui, oh wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Losing all of our French listeners. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right, Bella, I gave you 2000 to 2010. Hit me with your recast. Okay, so I 
maybe took my own spin on this as well. I thought the movie was going to be like in 2000s to 2010. Okay. So I picked actors that would be in that era. So a little bit younger. Okay, cool. So for Nino, I chose Nicholas Holt. Hell yeah. Oh, cute. I just feel like he's so good with like his his facial expressions and his eyes. And if we're sticking to the French film Amelie, he doesn't really have a lot to say. It's really just all in expression. And I think he does that so well. He's one of the greats so of our younger good. generation. He's so he's... fucking hot. Um... <laughs> fucking calm down. <laughs> I, I need a fan. So for Glassman, I chose Pete Postlewaite. He is um, the carpenter in Alice in Wonderland, the live action. And he's the old man in James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah, my God, Mella. That's such a good choice. Are you kidding so me? So good, right? I was watching Romeo it. Romeo plus Juliet. Yes, he's the, the, the father. He's um, so good. And I feel like he's, I mean, already old, but he has that, like, kind soul type of thing. Like, you would trust him with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Amelie, I chose Lily Collins. I feel like they have the same type Ooh. of. You chose her too. No, look at Lazy. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Oh, but I did not know this. I think I did know when I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> but she wouldn't have to say much, which is what I think would work so well again. But I think she does quiet moments well. And I think she also resembles her a little bit. She's, you know, size zero, little pale skin, put a little wig on her with the big eyes. I think it would work. And I think her and Nicholas would be a good pairing. Yeah, I could see it. I could see that happening for sure. That is my recast. Good. I like that, Bella. I like that a lot. You guys are killing it. Okay, Josh, I gave you 2010 to 2020. So mine's a little different, too. Uh, when I was thinking about it, I wanted to, I wanted to shake it up a little bit. I wanted to add some kind of diversity, and I, I made, a, I thought of a cast that was gender swapped. I thought of a cast uh, of all actors of color. I thought of a, a gay cast, and I was like, I can't decide what. So I'm gonna just combine them all. <laughs> so we'll start with the glass man, who in this is the glass woman, someone that seems scary and standoffish at first until you get to know them, and there's some humor and heart once you kind of unlock this person who better than a one kathy i knew that was coming (laughs) and it's so good are you kidding come on nino you need someone that can play quirky but not quite as quirky as amelie someone that can still sort of look like they're quote-unquote normal in the crowd but really deep down is a weirdo collecting pictures and i think Especially in the heyday of the early 2010s, this guy was crushing it, and I think he continues to crush it, and that is Zachary Quinto. Aww. And in this Amelie, this person, this man, is coming off a very hot property into the 2010s. One of the greats at playing quirky and weird, but also having a lot of a lot of humanity behind that. Great physical actor. Community's Danny Pudi. Oh, I like that. That's sweet. I see that. You guys, these are really good. Mm -hmm. Sean is frozen. (laughs) (laughs) 
where Sean not hates be, my movie. Not to be dramatic, but I absolutely hate Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 2012. What do you want? You're going to get a movie like that. I would probably take one from each of yours to like make the <laughs> mash it up and make the perfect cast. Tell us which. Tell us which. Tell us which. I think I would take. I think I know. And I agree. What? I think I know what you're going to say and I already agree. I, I would take Jean Dujardin for Nino. Huh. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> I think you'd take Rashawn's Amelie. No, don't speak for me. I'm thinking. That's, I'm, that was my prediction. You asked what my prediction was. I did? Fine. Just say it. No, no, no. No, I don't want to. I don't want to taint. I don't want to. Just say it. Go, Lise. Go, go, go. I don't know. I'm thinking. You're all annoying say, me now. Just say you would take all three of mine. It's fine. No, because I really like Pete Postlewaite for the Glass Man. I think you got to pick a winner, honestly. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh, competition. Uh, That's what we look for. Here's a WCK. Honestly, out of all of these, I'd pick Mella's. Hey! I would absolutely Fuck watch yeah. that. Lacey, I meant to say this. You know what this movie reminded me of? And again, this is one of those I Don't think. Don't you they- say Emily in Paris? No, I couldn't even get through that. <laughs> Dash, Lily and Dash, that show that we yeah. watched. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, wrapping things up. <laughs> Congratulations, Mella. Thank you. <laughs> I think we can all agree that even if you are not someone who seeks out foreign films, that Amelie is a very viewer-friendly foreign film that you can start out with, regardless of your opinions on the character. We can all agree that the acting is superb in this film and the performances are very well done. And, you know, sometimes, especially after the last year and a half, two years almost, um, it's just nice to put on something that is nice. And if Mm -hmm. you're looking for something like that, Amelie is a great place to just feel a little bit of hope. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, connecting an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie. And since we did a little recast, um, I'm going to use one of our recasted actors. Mella, since you were the winner and it was probably my favorite choice out of all the recasts, we are going to do Pete Possibly to Clive Owen. Ooh, shit. Okay. Oh, you could do, um, okay, hold on, let me just say it out loud. So, Pete Postlewaite was in Romeo and Juliet with, oh, fuck, what's his name? I have to just, no, one second. Okay, Pete Postlewaite was in Romeo and Juliet with Jesse Bradford, who was in Bring It On with Kirsten Dunst, who is in Ro- Mona Lisa Smile with Julia Roberts, who is in Closer with Clive Owen. There they go, Bella! Two for two today! 
I feel on top of my queen shit today. <laughs> Congratulations, Mella. Thank you. My power weakens <laughs> as time goes on. Dick's still big, though. Oh, my God, you guys. This is a nice episode. Be nice. That was nice. I mean, yeah, but it's too horny. It's too horny for this early in the day. This movie's kind of horny. It is. We didn't talk about it. I mean, the the French are very sexually open, so that makes sense. Yes, we are. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it (laughs) for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and liked, subscribed, and rated us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode, or if you just want to show us some love, pick a bone, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Lacey, Mella, Josh, and Rashaudi Dowdy. <laughs> We'll catch you next week. Adieu. Adieu.